we thank you for your grace, God, and we thank you for allowing us to be a part of this great country, God, and the freedoms that we celebrate, but God, we also are grateful, God, for the freedom that we have in you, the freedom that we have through your grace and through your mercy.
Yeah. 
So, okay, so here's continuum. Uh, strange word, right? I mean, how many times have you used it this week, unless you invited somebody to the service, right, and you told them about this sermon? It's not really a word we use a lot, so let's go to a definition of continuum. Uh, it's a noun, and here's what it means. It's a continuous sequence in which adjacent elements are not perceptibly different from each other, although the extremes are quite distinct. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a mouthful of something, right? It, it's it's kind of like all these things that are right next to each other. It's almost like you cannot distinguish them at first because they kind of bleed over into each other. But then when you really look at them, then you say, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, I, yeah, I see differences there. It's like they bleed over, and you can kind of see they kind of just flow one into the other. But there are distinctions there. And, and, and it's like maybe on a line, from one end of the line to the other, and it's like things just kind of connect all together, and it's like it's hard to differentiate them. Can I tell you, here, here, here's the reason for this, this, this sermon series. You are a continuum. Now, a, a lot of people don't get this because they, they segregate so many parts of their lives. And we're good at that, aren't we? I mean, you know, we clock in and clock out at work, right, and we're done. You know, the bell rings at school and we're done for the day, right? We don't think about it anymore. Okay, yeah, we've got to take our books home or whatever. But hopefully we, we, we find time to do our, our homework, you know, during study hall or something. We don't even have to take our books home. It's like we segregate parts of our lives. And it's like we do this and we do this. But you are a continuum. Everything connects in your life. Whether we want to admit it or not, everything has to connect. You cannot do one thing and, and, and segregate it without it impacting another part of your life. You know, the lunch you had yesterday, and you didn't plan it, but you ran into somebody and you had a hot dog with them or whatever. You didn't plan that, but that lunch yesterday will somehow impact other parts of your life. Everything, everything about you is interconnected. We are not body plus soul plus spirit. We're body, soul, spirit, just one word. I mean, we're all of it together. Now, I told you last week that we'll talk a little bit about Trinity in this series, and that's really what we are. You are a Trinity, a triune being. You have a body, you have a soul, you have a spirit, and those things are not separate. They're not individual things that you take up, even though that's the way we see them. We see, we see our bodies and our physical, because we can see it die, right? I mean, we can see a body die. And, and then it's like, it goes away, and so now we say, okay, so I, that is totally separate. And we see that as, as being separate. But there is still a physical existence. It's just in a different plane than you and I are existing here on this earth today. There is a body, there's a spirit, and there's a soul. And, and, and we have one of these. We're three-dimensional. But so many people today, even in Christendom, even in Christianity, even in the church, there is a growing secularization of what church is. That church is uh, uh, what you do on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. Church is gathering together. I mean, think about it. I mean, what, what is the, the one thing that we, that we imagine, you know, that we, that we think binds a people together and makes them an individual local church body? It's a building. I mean, think about it. That's what we think, right? We think the building is the thing that makes the church. That's why we say a lot of times around here, you know, we are not defined by a building. The church is not the building. We are the church. It has nothing to do with, with, with a place, but that's the very first thing. It's, it's kind of like that's the very first dimension that we get, okay? You know, it's like as a child, 
we get the physical dimension. We understand all of that. And it's like, okay, you know, we do something wrong and we get a spanking. You know, that's a very physical experience, right? I mean, you, you do something wrong, you get a spanking. That's a very physical experience. You, you, get, you know, you get a switch laid across your backside. That's a very physical experience. And, and so it's, it's easy to get that first. And it's so easy for that to be the biggest thing in our life. And, and, and look at not just the church, but our whole society. How, how more and more secular we become. It's because things are not about what is right or what is felt or what is to be believed or even what is truth often. It's just what is real for right now. What I need to do, what I need to do for me for right now. What feels good right now. It's a, it's a very secular, secular uh, society that we live in and it's growing, growing. And here's the danger. is because as society continues to go that way, if you don't fight with everything you've got against that flow, you're going to go with the flow. And as a Christian, you're going to become more and more secular, more and more bound by the stuff of who you are, what you can see, and the things that you have. You're going to go more and more and more with the flow, and you're going to be focusing more and more on the physical aspects of who you are than the other two aspects because you're, you're, a, you're a trinity. You, you have three aspects. But if you don't fight with everything you've got against that flow, you're going to slide with the flow, and it's all going to be about the physical. It's all going to be about those things. But you have another part of you, and, and, and it's the spirit. It's the mind. It's the, the intellect. You have this other part of you. And, and, and there are a lot of people, though, that their theology or, or their religion is all about theology, and it is all about their intellect. It is, it's about what I can imagine about God. It is about what I can understand about God. It is about what I can know about Him by, by digging into the Word of God and figuring those things out. And, and, and here's how I lay God out. And in the same way, there is, a, there is a flood going in one direction that is taking religion and taking theology, especially in this country, taking theology in one particular way. And if you don't, again, fight with everything you've got to hold on to what is truth, you're going to go with a flow. You're going to go with a flood that is going in one direction and in perceiving not what is truth, but what might be right for us today. What might be, you know, because, you know, and, and listen, there's a whole lot of things going on in the world today. There's a whole lot of stuff that's happening out there. And, and it's really easy for us, even as Christians, to say, but God's a loving God. And God wouldn't condemn us because, I mean, you know, people, they're, they're they're just mistaken in their beliefs and in their understandings and, and the way they live their lives. And, and God, God, surely God wouldn't condemn them for, you know, for just following their passions and lusts and desires in their heart. Surely he wouldn't. And it's really easy to use our intellect to, to, to come up with a, a religion or a philosophy or a theology that seems to make sense, but it doesn't line up with truth. And if you don't fight, again, with everything you've got, this flood of, of what makes sense and what adds up is going to sweep you away. And it's going to sweep us away as a church. It will sweep, we'll get, we'll get caught up in it, we'll get swept away with, with the theology of, of what, whatever we can make sense of. We're, you know, two plus two seems like it equals this and whatever. This, this must be what, what, what God's, and, and, and it's deeper than that. Because you're a trinity. You have a third aspect of you, and this third aspect is, 
is your soul. It, 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 it is really the depths of who you are. That when, that when your body ceases functioning and, and when, when your mind can't understand and fathom exactly what life means, that you still have this soul that is still vibrant and active. And, 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 and when we ignore that, when we neglect it, when, when, we, when we don't pay attention and fight with everything we have, to grasp hold and hang on to this, this soul part of us, then we lose the most important. Because like the flesh, the body, you know, like I said about, you know, that kid gets the swat on the back, and that's very physical, and we all get that. And, and then we start thinking and we start imagining, and, and you know, and that's, that's, that's a little greater and higher and deeper. But then the soul is even greater than that. So when, when we ignore the soul or we neglect the soul, then what we do is we, we set aside the most important part of really who we are. And that is happening in this world today in a way probably never before because, because uh, you know, I look at history and I, you know, and I really like a lot of things about history. I, I love to read. We're, we're, we're watching a series right now. I, mean, I, I really like history and I look back at history and I see a lot of stuff and, and I think, you know, some of this has happened before, but never has there been. Seeming, seemingly a, a really a turning back, a, a, an agnosticism and an atheism that is creeping into the fabric of society, maybe even to, to the entire universe of who we are today. Not just a lie, just like, well, ignoring it a little bit, but saying, I just totally just don't even want it anymore. Yesterday, late yesterday, after I'd, you know, kind of uh, on Friday, kind of put my sermon to bed. Now, when I say that, it's kind of like everything is done. You know, all the, all the slides are created, you know, and everything and all the rest of it. It's just kind of praying over it. Well, that happened Friday this week. But then yesterday, late, I, I, was, I was checking some emails. I kind of had a rough week, didn't, didn't stay caught, caught up on emails. And, and, and one that I get every weekend, I got it yesterday, uh, every weekend I get it, and it's, it's the top headlines of the week for, you know, as far as for Christians. And, and I got that and I thought, boom, I said, wow, I had, to, I had to make some more slides for you because you got to see this, okay? You got to see this. Let me show you the top, the, the first five that were on that list, okay? Here's, here's the first one right here is Hobby Lobby wins, okay? Uh, Christian-owned businesses can reject birth control mag mandate. Now, that's not just about birth control. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the secular uh, news organizations, that's all they're talking about is, you know, it's like Christians don't want you to have birth control. That's not what it's about. It's really about this, this kind of like a morning after pill, the, 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 the ability to actually force uh, an abortion through this and, and that Christian businesses have to pay for it. That was the, that was the whole fight that was there. But, but this, this was, has been fought out and, and you know, you've probably been watching this and, and you know, and this came down this week. The second article was this one. Uh, Miriam Ibrahim remains in Sudan, cannot leave the country. This is the lady who, who converted from Islam to Christianity and married a Christian man in Sudan, and she was arrested, and she was, under, she was uh, possibly going to be put to death. They took the death penalty off the table. Uh, they, they let her go, but then they arrested her again, and she's still there, and she can't get out. That's, that's the second story that is there because of, her, because of her Christianity. And then the third article was a Christian father in Iraq commits suicide after the Islamic, uh, the, the ISIS, the Islamic states of Iraq 
and Syrian members rape his wife and his daughter right in front of him. You know, it's, it's really easy for us to say, man, we had a good service today, didn't we? And, and forget about all this kinds of stuff. And I, I'm really glad that God just brought this to my attention late yesterday and said, throw this out, my people. And they need to realize that there are people who are still dying and, and are still being tormented and are still, being, and are still uh, facing the, the, the real struggles of, of, of heaven and hell in this earth today. And that it, this man watched these Islamic supremacists, they, they, militants, rape his own wife and daughter, and, and it was too much for him to bear, and he committed suicide. And, uh, and there at the bottom of it, it also says four Christian women were also shot by ISIS members because they were Christian. And what they're doing is they were, the, the, the Christianity that has, that has moved into Iraq in the past few years, they are literally driving it back out of Iraq. And those who, who, who still contend to be Christians are having to go underground and hide. Okay? Realize this, think of this. And then the fourth one is this. In North Korea, they, in, they will indict two American tourists, one of them because he left a Bible in his hotel room. Now, that could have been a mistake, right? But it probably wasn't, okay? There are not a whole lot of people, that go, a lot of Christians that go to North Korea uh, or, or China or places like that, either, unless it's for business or if they're going to be a missionary. And probably he left that Bible on purpose. I mean, I, I haven't heard the story, really anything about that, but I'd say there's a good chance he left that on purpose. And so, you know, he may be guilty of the crime, but, but see this, he's being indicted. He was arrested because he left a Bible behind. And you and I, I mean, do you know where your Bible is? Yeah, some of us, we don't even know where our Bible is. And, and here is a guy on the other side of the, uh, of the globe who has been arrested because he left a Bible behind for someone else. We, 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 we take it for granted, you know, that, and, and it's not that important to us. It's like, you know, we, we take it or we leave it or, you know, we can read it today or maybe not if we don't want to. And, and we can set it aside and, and it's not that important. And here's a man that is in, in jail today under indictment for simply leaving a Bible behind. And you know what the fifth story was? In the recap of the, of the headlines that are important to Christians, let me show you, here's the fifth story. 30% of Americans say religion is not relevant. And that may not sound like a large number to you, but can I, I can tell you this. It's the highest number that has ever been reported in a survey. They've been asking that question for the last 60 years in surveys. And this is the highest number ever reported in America. He said, 30% of us say that religion is not relevant whatsoever. And, and the first four stories are all about religion all over this world, here in this country with Hobby Lobby, and in three other, in three other nations, you know, uh, in this world. And, 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 and then we're still kind of sitting here with our head in the sand. Like, well, religion is kind of one of those things you can kind of take it or you can kind of leave it. You know, you don't, you don't really have to, but you can if you want to go to church, you can go to church. If you want to, listen, if you don't, if you don't scrape and claw and fight with everything that you've got, you're going to get caught up, swept away in the very same secular ideals that are happening right here, that in the midst of everything that is happening spiritually in this world, there are still, there are third, three out of every 10 Americans Say religion is of is a, is a no importance here in the world today and in my life. You'll get swept away in that very same thing. 
And it'll get easy. It'll get easy to uh, stop reading your Bible. It'll get easy to, you know, to stop praying. It'll get easy to, to miss a Sunday and miss a month and miss a couple of months. And it'll get easy to, to, to not hang out with, the, with Christian brethren. Why, is, why are those things important, Pastor? Because this world is going in a direction, and if we don't fight, we will get swept in the same direction as they. You are a continuum. You cannot just show up on Sunday and, and, and in the middle of all this, because listen, listen, this could all, all, everything that we've been doing in the first part of this service, the first half of this service, every bit of it can be, can be very, very physical. I mean, you could have just said, man, this is good music. Kind of moves me a little bit, you know? And, and it could be awesome. And, it, and you could say, that was good, and walk out the door and say, man, how good that was, and leave here empty. Because that's not what this is. And, and you can listen to the words and say, man, that's some good stuff. That really just kind of encouraged me that, yeah, that, that, I, that I do have some hope, and, I, and, and this is good. And so you can, you can engage your intellect in the middle of all of this worship and, and say, man, this is really, I, I'm, just, I'm leaving here today just mm, encouraged. I think I can make it another day or two and still leave empty. Because this is more than just physical, and it's more than just intellect. This is a spiritual thing. This is a soulful thing that it must connect to. And if it doesn't, if you don't connect to the soul, you miss the best that there is. I want to take you to, I want to take you to, I think, probably a very, it's a place in Scripture that you probably just don't think about going to very often. I mean, you don't like pick up your Bible and say, ah, you know, one of those obscure places. You know those first, second, and thirds over there toward the end of the New Testament, you know? You, you don't pick up the Bible and say, I think I'll read second something, right? <laughs> you don't say that. I think I'll read third John. Or what. You, you don't normally pick up your Bible and say, but this is one of those obscure places. Second Peter chapter 1, one of those obscure places that God led me to for this message today. Okay, and it's, it's kind of an obscure place. And man, how rich this is. After, I told you, I put, I put, this, I put the uh, sermon to bed on Friday. Well, then last night when, when I turned out the lights, I, you know, laid down, watched a little TV, Dave and I, and then we turned off the TV, turned out the lights, then boom. It's like God started preaching to me an entirely new sermon in the middle of all this. I've got three more slides after, after this one. And I said, God, I, I'm not going to be able to preach all this that he's, that he's dumped in me. You know, I, I've got three more slides. There's no way we're getting to that today. You know why? Because this is so rich and so full. Here's what's at stake. Here's what's at stake for us. It is, is that we become just another Christian group of men and women who show up on a Sunday morning and say, man, that was good worship. Pastor, you did a great job preaching. Keep it up, buddy. I, you know, I, I think maybe a raise is in your future, Pastor. You keep preaching like that. We, we become something that is all about you know, ringing the bell or about making it just work and everything fit and all, and it becomes maybe about the intellect and everything, and, and we become one of those, instead of one of those who can rely upon the divine power of God. See, that's where he begins right there. He says, his divine power. And you see, when, when it's all about the physical and it's all about the mental and the intellect, there's nothing else there. There's, there's nothing, sometimes, sometimes I have problems 
that I can work out on my own, okay? You know, I, I can work out on my own. Sometimes, you know, sometimes a light bulb blows at my house. I don't need a lot of intellect. I don't need a lot of soul faith. All I really need is I need just a little bit of physical, and I can fix that one. But sometimes I have problems that go just a little bit beyond, I can't do this with my physical. I got, I, I got, I got to think this through, and I got to come up with a plan. Perhaps it's a financial thing. And, you know, and, and I really don't have any more hours to work this week, and i got to come up with a plan, and so I, I, and I figure out a way that I can cut back here and I can do this, and so I, my intellect devises a plan, and I, and I get a solution intellectually. But then sometimes there's no solution by my might. There's no solution by my wisdom, and the only solution is to believe in God to show up. And when I don't embrace the fact that I am a continuum, I'm not just a Sunday morning Christian for an hour and a half or so on a Sunday morning. I, I, I know where my Bible is because I read it throughout the week. And, I, and when I make decisions, you know, I make dozens of decisions a day and I'm, and I'm thinking, God, you got to help me make the right decisions here. And things, things all, when they all start connected there, then I am able to make myself available of this very first thing right here, this verse, his divine power. There are times I need his divine power. There are times that I don't have the might and I don't have the wisdom, but I have to have the faith so that I can get to his divine power. Because it is, it is as if, the, it is as, as if the, the, the flesh is the most simple part of who I am, and then my intellect is, is a little deeper, and then my soul is even deeper. And if I want to get to something even greater than me, then I've, I've got to embrace all three of those parts. And if I don't embrace the soul, I can't get to that part that is so much greater and so much higher and so much more powerful than me. As long as I'm just living according to my flesh or living according to my intellect and I don't embrace my soul and I don't embrace my faith, then I cannot attain to his divine power. You see, I, I see what is there physically. I can comprehend what is rational and I can believe in promises that can neither be seen nor rationalized. But sometimes I need to get even beyond that because I don't just need a promise to get me by. I need the divine power of God to show up and fulfill the promise in my life. But you see, I don't get to that until I embrace all of this. Is that my Christianity cannot just be the physical and the flesh of, whoa, this feels good on Sunday morning. Ah, let me get my Bible out. I know I got to read today. And uh, da, 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 okay, got that done. And it's just a physical flesh thing, or even a, a minute. It's got to be the embracing of every bit of it. And I see it right here in, in these verses. And I got too many of them that I need to read to you today. I don't have time for them. But let me just show you just a few things right here in these first few verses. Peter writes God's divine power has given us everything we need. Everything. Now, I know it says for a God. I know some of you say, he said for a godly life. He said, and, and, and pastor, I, I'm not really here for a godly life. Okay, that's your problem, though. That's why things aren't working out. That's, that's why you don't have solutions, because all your solutions are either in the physical or in the, or in the mental or the intellectual. 
And you, there are a lot of solutions that you need to, your, to the problems in your life that have nothing to do with the physical and the intellectual. And you've got to get beyond that and understand that those things will only come when you start pursuing the godly life. And when you do that, then everything you need is found in that. We have divine power given to us and gives us everything we need if we embrace all of this through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises. You see what's here? You see, when, when, you, when you just embrace the physicality of being a Christian, of showing up on a Sunday, of writing a tithe check, of praying daily and, and minute by minute whenever you have need, those are all important. But when you just embrace it in the physicality, oh, you're missing it. Because you can't have the great and precious promises when, when you just embrace it in your intellect. But, but, but when, when things get beyond your own ability and things get beyond your own intellect, then you get to embrace great and precious promises by the faith that is within you. Somebody say a prayer real quick over, over Amber right now. Amber, Amber's, Amber's pregnant. She's probably having, having some, some issues this morning. And, and you ladies know about that right now. So you can just speak her name right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, see, I, I'm a man. I, I don't know anything about being pregnant, right? So my physical don't, don't help a whole lot at all. I've read some things about it. But let me tell you the stuff I read don't help a whole lot at all. But I got a, I, I've got a faith in a God with great and precious promises that can speak and say, God, I believe in the healing power right now. Come on, somebody. I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ right now to touch Amber. Come on, somebody agree with me right now. I, I, mean, I don't believe God made her sick for this moment, but isn't it amazing how God just gives us at the same time, at that moment, God right now, let faith rise up within us to believe, God, that there is a power, God, to bring healing, complete healing to her right now in Jesus' name, not in my physical flesh of what, I, how, what she needs to do to get there or, or, God, what I think ought to be, but God, just by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, make it so in Jesus' name. Amen, because great and precious promises when I embrace all of who I am. But I, I, I don't get to that until I make the progression. Through these, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Evil desires. I guess one of the, one of the reasons so many of us Never get beyond the physicality of a Christian experience. It's because we keep getting caught up in that evil stuff that, you know. And, and our lives, it's like we just kind of get in a, get in a little bit of a, a whirlwind, uh, you know, a, a merry-go-round. We just keep trying to do better and we can't do better. And we, we just, it's like we, we, we can't get anywhere because the physical keeps pulling us back down. And, and we fight back through the physical because that's what we know to do, right? We're going to show up on Sunday and we're going to lift our hands in praise and we're going to do that, but there's more to do than that. And when we don't get beyond that, then what we do is we just find ourselves just going round and round in that physical experience. And that's why most of us never even get to the intellect 
But even when we do that, a lot of times we kind of rationalize, you know, how it is that we're going to live without sin. You know, we can rationalize this. Now, probably if I were to pray another 15 minutes every day, I could live without sin. And we rationalize it. But that's not where the power is. The power that comes, comes from what he's saying right here. His divine power enables us to escape corruption. Do you know what corruption is? Corruption is what rots and eats away and destroys. Anybody having that problem in your life? Your finances? Anything eating away? Your relationships? Anything rotting, corrupting, destroying? Little lies that are told, you know, uh, between friends, you know, and that just corrupt the relationship, marriages, homes, your health is breaking down and corrupting. Everything, everything we face, everything we have, everything we have is under attack. And just about every problem that we face is actually a corruption of something good that God gave us that this world is tearing apart. But I got good news for you. I got really good news for you. You want to hear it? Then stand with me, if you will. And would you join me at the front? Let me tell you, I want to tell you the good news down here. Okay, would you join me? If you're a first-time attender, occasionally we like to close in the front. And today's just one of those days, and we will close with a final prayer and a final song down, down front. If you're a first-time attender, we'd love to have you join us. Here's what that tells me. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires, as a child of God, you were not appointed to corruption. Do you get that? You don't have an appointment with corruption. Corruption has entered into your life as not an accident, as a thief, as, as an enemy. As a combatant, you're at war. There's a spiritual battle taking place in your life. And corruption is happening not because God appointed that to you. Not because God appointed that to you. But you know what God appointed to you? Here it is right here. Back up in it, okay? I had to read the end of that. We're backing up through it. He said, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. That's your appointment. You participate in the divine nature. <laughs> that when you struggle, that when you battle, the divine nature of God raises up inside of you. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the divine nature of God over, overtakes and overwhelms. And, and, and drives on against him and pushes him. And, and when the corruption begins to try and destroy your finances and, and, and tries to destroy your relationships and tries to destroy your futures and your hopes and, your, and all the promises that God put in you, when corruption tries to come in, it's the divine nature. And you know what it says? It doesn't say that it's out there somewhere. 
But if you will embrace who you are, that this is not just a physical existence on Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. This is not just an intellectual experience that we have. This is actually a faith experience of our souls that we have decided that when I don't see it and when I can't fathom it, I still believe it because I know he's on the throne. Then we participate in that the divine nature and we become one. And so our three dimensions actually come to a fourth dimension that is the divine nature of God that created everything in this universe and that is able to make everything over that has ever been destroyed or corrupted or brought down, is able to make it alive again, is able to give it back to you again. Raise up your families, raise up your marriages, bring back your health, give you your financial blessings all over again, whatever it is that you need in your life, he is able to do that. And it happens because you are appointed to his divine nature. Amen. Would you give God a hand of praise? Amen. I get, I, I, I don't understand all of it, but I get there by embracing every bit of who I am in Jesus Christ. This is not an hour and 15 minutes. This is not an intellectual exercise that I go through for 15 minutes a day with my Bible open in front of me. This is a faith walk that starts at 12.01 every morning and does not end. It just rolls on to the next day. It is every place I go. It is in every individual relationship that I have. And because of that, I and participating in the divine nature. I don't understand, Pastor, why some people seem to have all their answers. They're participating in the divine nature. Participate in the divine nature today.